Hello friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. My name is Chris Rogers and I'm your host and it's so lovely to be able to spend this time with you today as we carry on this journey of discipleship as we walk through the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to be arriving now at Matthew chapter 7. We're going to look at just the first couple of verses, first five verses of, of Matthew chapter 7. We're looking at Matthew because really the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus's pronouncement of what life in the kingdom looks like. And if we're going to make Jesus the one that we follow, you know, he's the blueprint, then actually the Sermon on the Mount is exactly uh, what we should be exploring. You know, what does it look like for us to follow in the way of Jesus? Well, he gives us the words right here. He tells us what it's all about. And uh, that, yes, we're going to jump in with that. We're going to look at the last uh, chapter now of the Sermon on the Mount. But what you'll see is it all it kind of slows down a little bit. In this last bit, there's quite a few really quick fire statements. And um, I'm going to just pull one out at a time or one little section out at a time because there's some beautiful little things in there that you can fly past and totally miss kind of what's actually going on in them. So that's what we're going to be doing is we're going to just go through the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, I've got a couple of interviews coming up as well. I've got a great one coming up uh, with Martin Young. He's written a book called This Is That. Outstanding book. Uh, so I've got an episode with him coming up in the following weeks as well. And one last thing to say, look, welcome if you're one of our new listeners. Uh, I don't know what seems to have happened. The algorithm or something has, has done something. But, you know, a lot of new listeners in the last month. Uh, so warm, warm welcome to you guys. Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, then you get each episode as it appears uh, on whatever you're using for your uh, podcast listening to. So warm welcome to your um the new listeners and one last thing you know if you want to support our podcast the way to do that is to buy us a coffee and that's just a really neat way of uh blessing us when we're making these podcasts we can sit and drink coffee that you guys have have uh, blessed us with so if you want to do that there's a link in the show notes if you want to do that right let's jump in we're going to talk today about matthew chapter 7 which is essentially all about judging and uh being somebody that is non-judgmental and i think this is one of those passages that if we could only grasp the significance of it for us, we may live our lives a little bit differently. And there is nothing worse than Christians who claim to believe in the grace of God, but actually function out of the law of God. This is wrong. This is, and then they become these keyboard warriors online and or, you know, they're just very judgmental of other people. And and, and Jesus kind of flips um it's all in its head today and makes us look at ourselves and ask the question actually you're being pretty judgmental of others let's just look at ourselves for a second you know really how are we doing uh so it's, that's what we're gonna look at matthew chapter 7 verses 1 to 5 so we'll jump in and we'll explore planks twigs and eyes and uh, as i say that you'll go oh yes i know this passage about twigs and branches and planks well, hopefully there might be something slightly new or something different for you in this episode that really encourages you in the way that you choose to follow Jesus. So let's jump in as we talk about planks, twigs and eyes. So let's jump in and read Matthew chapter 7 verse 1 to 5. Do not judge or you too will be judged for in the same way you judge others you will be judged and with the measure that you use it will be measured to you verse 3 
Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So let's just do a surface read of that. First, there's two, you know, two things really that Jesus talks about here. One is, look, if you're going to be a judgmental person, just be warned that that same judgmentalness will be used against you. And that if you want to be uh, looked upon leniently by God, then look upon leniently on others. So there's, there's some real uh, issue for the church when it comes to wanting to be right about every dot and tittle of our theology and if somebody doesn't say what you think then they're a heretic and you know this person needs to be thrown out of the church or oh you know this church over here they are liberal because they're on liberal on this issue we have to be really careful that the way that we are behaving in that situation may well turn out to be the very way that god then wants to be towards us do not judge or you too will be judged in the same way you judge others you will be judged and with the measure you use it will be measured against you so those christians who are so keen to be right about everything just be warned jesus does say here hey it will be used back at you so if you are really pernickety about something that someone else has done or said be warned that what Jesus is saying here is that same same um, attack will be against you. It will be used against you. Your measure will be used against you. So whatever measuring rod you have created about what is okay and what is not, just be warned, the same measuring rod will be used to you. So he says, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, what's super, super, super interesting here, friends? So the second thing Jesus says to wrap this up, uh, one is about judgmental. The second is, you know, be somebody who is checking out your own soul to make sure that you are clean before you start trying to deal with others. Uh, so Jesus uses this picture here, doesn't he, about uh, what does he say? He, he, he calls it sawdust in your eye or a plank in your eye. Just be warned that you may be criticizing somebody else and all along you've got a bigger piece of word in your own eye so there are the two things judgment and, and and this measuring rod that will be used against you and then be careful to check out your own self and, and you know of course what does jesus say if you don't then you, you hypocrite uh, and just to remind the word hypocrite comes from the greek word hippocrates which means performer on a stage so if you are going to be somebody that's judging others and condemning others and using a particular difficult measuring rod against somebody else just be warned you are a hypocrite you're a performer on the stage because you've not performed the same measure on yourself and if you're being critical of someone else you may find out that you need need to be critical about yourself uh, so if you're going to be judgmental of others just be careful because that may come against you because of what you're doing in another area i find this whole passage just really fun first thing i'm going to say is so it is my belief that jesus was not a carpenter 
It's my belief that Jesus, you know, the Greek says he was a tecton, which means a builder or, or bricklayer, uh, somebody who manufactures and builds properties. And if you've ever been to the Middle East, you will know buildings are not made out of wood. Uh, they're made out of stone. They're cooler. There's a lot of stone around for you to be able to build uh, properties out of. Wood is only used on, on a roof, on a flat roof for the beams that go across. Um, and would be used for maybe making uh, a table and that kind of stuff. Um, but this this role of a tag tecton is a builder, a master builder. And this is a prime example in this passage where Jesus uses builder language. Okay, so he's talked about a measuring rod. And he's going to go on to talk about, well, it says plank, but I'm going to explain to you more what that means. What we have done with this passage is we've Im we've imposed upon it uh, a wood craft room uh, translation on these words, and we've ended up with sawdust in the eye and a plank, because Jesus was a carpenter. Okay, well Jesus wasn't a carpenter; he was a tecton, and tectons built with stone, and they built properties with stone. Yes, there was wood using the roofs but that wasn't the, the prominent thing here it was the fact that their homes were made of stone and what we have done is under the guise that jesus was a carpenter uh with uh, because that mistranslation of the word tecton which happened by the way hundreds of years ago when the gospel was first translated into english because houses were made in england out of wood the translators translated this word, phrase tecton to carpenter because carpenters built houses uh, and, and therefore, we've continued this idea that Jesus was a carpenter. And therefore, they've translated this passage, sawdust, plank. These two, uh, gr the Greek word behind them, which we're going to look at in a second, we've translated them with a carpentry view, sawdust. So it often gets changed to, you know, speck of wood in your eye. Um, when actually, I think there's, there's, there's a different way of translating those words, which we'll look at in a second. But we just think about how funny Jesus's teaching is here for a second. So Jesus is talking about not being judgmental people. And he tells a story. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? He's using a funny image. This is meant to make you giggle. Okay, so you got the plank and you got the speck of dust. We'll, we'll work with that for a second, but we're going to come back and retranslate those words in a second. But you got a plank and the speck of dust. And it's meant to be a funny image. Here you've got somebody who is desperately trying to get the dust out of somebody else's eye, this tiny piece of dust, but they can't get it out properly because they've got a huge plank of wood in their own eye. As preaching on this passage... 10 years ago something like that and and i made a prop and the prop for that sermon is still on my bookshelf and what i did was i got a pair of goggles and i put some holes in the goggles and i attached to the uh, goggles a large piece piece ish of wood so a big chunk of wood so there was no way you could see through the goggles because you've got this chunk of wood attached to the goggles uh, with kind of like tie wraps and then what I did was I got the uh, the mountain church and I got an individual sat on a stool got them to put on the 
uh, goggles where they couldn't see a thing. I then gave them a pair of tweezers and I invited somebody else to come and sit on a chair in front of them. And I told them that the game was the person with the tweezers, with the uh, goggles on, with the wood over their eyes, they were going to try and remove something uh, from the eyelid of the individual uh, that sat in front of them. And of course, it was highly hilarious. The individual was like, why would you do that? I'm not going to let them come anywhere near me with these metal tweezers. I'm going to poke my eye out. And the scene of this individual with these goggles on with this wood attached to it was highly hilarious. Uh, really funny. And it's like, yes, that's the point. The picture Jesus is creating here is meant to be funny. It's ridiculous. It's preposterous. It's stupid. A man with plank in his eye with a pair of tweezers in hand trying to remove a speck of sawdust from his brother's eye. Well, they can't do it. It's preposterous. How could they possibly do it? They've got to remove the goggles with the wood on first so they can then see clearly enough to actually remove the speck of dust. So that's the picture. That's the image uh, that Jesus uses. Let me just walk through the words for a second. Um, so the word plank, word plank that we've translated in the image, uh, it actually would be better translated as girder or very specifically will be translated as rafter in a house. So in a house you have rafters and the rafter is the key wooden beam that everything else then sits on. So Jesus talks about, well, you're looking at your brother saying he's got some sawdust in his eye when all along you have got the girder from your house in your own eye. Now, what's interesting here is Jesus is using this word girder. It's a builder's language. It's tecton language. It's not carpentry language. It's builder language. It's, it's, here's somebody who's building a house. So it's just, just another example where Jesus uses a parable using building at the centre of the parable, the centre of the story. Uh, and he's using what he was aware of as a master builder as a part of his analogy. So first, you've got the plank, you've got the girder, and you've got the rafter in their eye. And then the other word's really interesting, actually, because in the English version I've got here, it's translated as sawdust. Uh, you get sawdust when a carpenter makes something, and the dust from the saw and the wood goes to the floor. You get sawdust. Well, actually, the Greek word here is karphos. K-A-R-P-H-O-S, karphos. And it actually translates as the smallest speck of straw. And, you know, yes, like dust, if you walk into a barn, what is in the air is this tiniest flake of straw. Uh, a barn is filled full of these tiniest dust fragments from straw. So... That's the word that Jesus is using. Uh, so it's uh, it's straw dust rather than sawdust, uh, which it it comes from that kind of um, farmer language, farmer worldview. So Jesus says, "Look, some of you have got the smallest tiny piece of straw in your eye. Straw is flimsy." 
straw is painful if you get it in your eye, but it's flimsy. Uh, it's not strong like, like wood is. It's not as substantial as wood. It's even less substantial than a twig, you could say. Uh, no less hurts when it's in your eye, to be honest. But uh, some of you, look, you've got this dust, this powder in your eye, uh, and it's from the straw that's found in the barn. And I think that, that word powder is really quite significant. Uh, dust is like a powder that's in the air, you could say. So this straw powder that's in the air is there from the tiny fragments that have fallen from the straw. So Jesus says, some of you, let me just read it again. Why do you look at the speck of straw dust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the rafter that you've got in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take out the speck of uh, straw from your eye when all the time you have got a rafter in your own eye? So I, I just, for me, it's just another example here of Jesus using building language and farming language and not carpentry language. Um, as you see throughout the whole of the Gospels, Jesus does do that. So I think this is funny. It's meant to make you giggle. It's meant to create a picture in your head that's highly hilarious, okay? So a couple of thoughts from this. Uh, I'm going to give us in a minute how to become less judgmental. I'm going to get to that in a second. But I think I would like to say this. Look, we have all fallen short of the glory of God. That's what this story is trying to tell us. Look, do not judge or you will be judged. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. Do you want a physical example of when Jesus acts this out? Well, what about the stoning of the young woman when the Pharisees are wanting to stone the woman? And Jesus says, you know, the one that throws the first stone, make sure it is the one that is sinless. And they all knew they weren't sinless, so they one by one they dropped the stones to the floor. Well, friends, we have all fallen short of the glory of God. And we've all fallen short of God's glorious standard. The standard that God has set for us, we have all fallen short. So I don't know who you are or what you think about yourself. I don't know what you think about your theology. I don't know what you think about what's appropriate. I don't know what you think is sinful or not sinful. Be warned. It's like Jesus is saying, you've all fallen short of God's glorious standard. So before you start pointing the finger, before you start heckling, before you start commenting, you need to take stock and ask yourself the question, is there something in my own life that needs dealing with? And if the answer is yes, Jesus is simply saying, keep your mouth shut. Before you start trying to do something to somebody else to correct them, you better get yourself sorted 100%. So what Jesus is really challenging here is judgmentalism and being somebody who speaks too quickly and has too much to say about what somebody else has done. And where you see anyone chasing after an individual to correct them or to condemn them or to speak ill of them everything in that is against what God wants God does not want us to be like that he wants us to be non-judgmental loving caring compassionate correcting each other where we need to be corrected but we better not start chasing after somebody to correct them and to condemn them because Jesus says, be warned, that behavior will be used against you. Be very careful. And I think it's quite a stern warning that what Jesus is giving. So I could argue, friends, that none of us uh, don't have a speck in our own eye. We've all got something. And it's more likely, it is more likely 
we've got a plank in our eye than a speck. It is more likely we have a plank in our eye than a speck. This is partly one of the reasons why I very carefully don't record podcast episodes criticising another church leader. I don't record episodes criticising um, somebody else's book or what they've written or a sermon. I don't do those kind of episodes where we take something some church leader has said and we analyse it. I don't play those games because I recognise that that game playing simply falls into what Jesus is teaching here. Be warned about the specks of dust when you've already got a plank in your own eye. I would recognise I've probably got a larger plank than the person I would want to be challenging or criticising. Right, let me just have a sip of coffee because I feel like I've just been preaching. My arms have been flailing and wailing all over the place. So, what I'd like to do is ask this question then. Okay, so Jesus, you tell us to not be performers on stages, not to be hypocrites. You tell us to be careful in the way that we talk about others or the way that we judge others and that we've got to deal with our own stuff before we deal with other people's stuff. So therefore, friends, how do we become less judgmental? How do we become? So there's five things I want to say that I just think are just true about how to become less judgmental. So number one, if you want to become less judgmental, I would say you you and I need to practice empathy. You and I need to practice empathy. The times that you are judgmental of somebody else, it's when you have chosen to stop seeing them as human beings and you want to correct them. And what you've done is, rather than having empathy for the person, you've decided to turn them into somebody that has no backstory, has nothing else going on in their life, uh, and you don't need to know their perspective or their thinking. You you just, uh, you know, you're interested in their feelings. Uh, you're not interested in what their thoughts are. Uh, you just want to, you, don't have, you really don't want to have any compassion towards them. You just want to be judgmental and condemn them. And I think there's something here about practicing empathy, choosing to see a situation from somebody else's perspective. So practicing empathy. Secondly, I think if you want to become less judgmental, we need to be slow to judge. We need to make ourselves go slower. And this is one of the things that I will pass this on to you as free advice. I feel like the one thing that God has been teaching me though this last 20 years constantly it's like a constant message him whispering to me go slow go slow whenever we have a situation that needs to be dealt with uh, a pastoral issue or some form of conflict to deal with i feel like lord's whispers to me just go slow take your time because when you go fast you'll be like a bull in a china shop and you're just going to rattle through everything uh, whereas i think this going slow slowing ourselves down to take time to practice that empathy, taking time to see something from somebody else's perspective. I think when you do that, when you slow down, you take time, you're slowing down the judgment and you're avoiding making quick judgments about people that's based on their appearance, uh, on the limited information that you might have, and you end up giving people the benefit of the doubt. You start to understand it from somebody else's position better. So practice empathy and be slow to judge. First two things I would say. Third thing I'd say is this. Rather than being quick to judge, 
slow yourself down and focus on your own self-examination. Friends, spend more time examining your own thoughts, your own attitudes, your own actions. Instead of critiquing others, I'd say do this. Consider how you can improve yourself rather than passing judgment onto somebody else. So focusing on self-examination rather than examining others and spend some time to consider how you can improve yourself rather than passing judgment on others. So it's like turning the mirror on yourself for a moment, saying, right, let me do some soul searching myself. Is there something for me to deal with here that I've not noticed before? The fourth thing I'd say is this. I'd I'd say we need to spend some time in prayer praying for a non-judgmental heart. And I think it, what I mean by this is I think when we pray, we have to ask God for help because actually being non-judgmental is very difficult but can only change when we are filled with God's peace and that we know who we are in him and we know what he has done for us. So I think in prayer we need to ask God for help and we need to ask him, look, God, would you cultivate or would you give me a heart that is less judgmental? So I'd say in prayer, seek God's guidance rather than um, you yourself guiding your own view and your own thoughts. So by praying uh, to be non-judgmental or less judgmental, we're also inviting God's presence to come and to shape us and form us. So prayer is not just us talking to God. Of course, prayer is a conversation. It's not just me talking to him. It's him talking back to me. And when we pray, the Holy Spirit is with us. And it's in that if we're marinating in the Spirit, we will become more peaceful, caring, compassionate, less judgmental. And therefore, to become less judgmental uh we 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 need to be spending more time in prayer spending time in god's presence friends the fifth and final thing i'd say here is this engaging community and in fellowship we have to surround ourselves with christians christians who are the kind of christians we want to become like so it's all being if you're hanging out with judgmental christians christians who love to be on the picket line christians who love to be outspoken online about what's right and who needs to be silenced if you're hanging out with those christians you are likely to be becoming just one step more judgmental than you really want to be Uh, therefore if you want to become less judgmental you need to surround yourself with a community and a fellowship that has the same values that you have and can encourage you in becoming less judgmental. So I'm going to give you a little example here. And um, I had uh, a judgmental heart towards a particular church here in London. Uh, This was about 15 years ago. And um, I would often find myself saying things about this church without really knowing that church too much at all. And my mentor turned to me and uh, just said, look, Chris, I I hear every time we meet, you talk about that church in this way. I think you just need to pray into that because I think there's something for you to work out and work through. I think you are harboring views about that church that actually are not coming out of a godly place. I was so cross at him so cross I felt like he just stabbed me in the back 
And I came away from that meeting going, thinking, how dare, you know, this was my mentor that I was with, how dare he speak to me like, how dare he say that, how dare he? And then I realised, wow, how dare he? I've given him this role to speak into my life. I Let me just back up a second, pause, slow down, and just take stock of what you've said and ask myself a genuine question. Could he be right? Could he be right? And the moment I said to myself, look, could he be right? It was like God whispered back to me, yes, he is. And I suddenly realised, scales kind of fell from my eyes as I realised, ah, he was so right. My attitude towards this particular church was way off. It was wrong. It was way off. And I, only in community could I find somebody who called it out and said, Chris, I think you'll be very judgmental towards that church and you don't know them. So went through this process, got myself praying it through, asking for forgiveness from God. Didn't particularly know many people from that church, so it didn't really feel right that I needed to go ask for forgiveness because it was just the idea of the church. I'll be very honest with you now. Two years later, Becky and I were planting a church in East London who was the church that offered us support to get our church off the ground. The church that I had been harbouring these thoughts about these judgmental thoughts about they were the ones that offered us support they were the ones that have encouraged us they are the ones who contact us regularly and say how is it going Chris they are the ones that have paid for us to have um, members of our team employed here I've got an assistant minister because of that church isn't it really interesting that would have never happened if I didn't allow my mentor to engage me with challenge. And if I had not gone through a process of going, hang on, I think he, this person may be right. If I had not done that, I'd have never had a brilliant relationship with this church uh, and feel so blessed by them. And I really had to... Um, so I share this story with you because it's partly about showing that this is about me too. Planks, twigs, eyes. This is me. I go through this. Uh, we've all got planks in our eyes and we're always working out the planks in our eyes. Um, and, and I kind of share this with you because I think it's so interesting how God challenged me in that area. And then that was the very tribe, the very people, the very church that then God used to help us get this new fledgling church in East London off the ground. And if I did not listen to God, I didn't, we'd have never had the resources or the care needed that we've been given in the last, well, now into our 14th year. So engaging in community, engaging in fellowship, having other Christians around us to challenge us and share their values with us is so important. Um, and I'd also say, you know, in that sense of community, uh, that community also reinforces, you know, positive behaviours, uh, encouraging behaviours. And what's been really fun is learning the gift of encouragement uh, from the church that I, you know, harbored frustration with. So, planks, twigs, eyes. Jesus says, be careful, you might get some straw dust in your eye, um, but actually it's more likely that you, ha you have a rafter from your house in your eye. Be careful. Don't be judgmental because that same judgment will be measured against you. The measuring rod of a builder, 
Jesus is saying, you use a, a measurer that is tight and judgmental, that same measuring stick will be used against you. And then how to become less judgmental. Practice empathy. Be slow to judge. Focus on self-examination. Pray for a non-judgmental heart. And then the fifthly, engage in community and fellowship where others can speak into your life. Friends, I hope you found that helpful. It was going to be a bit shorter than that one. Um, the next bit that we'll end up looking at from Matthew 7 is about throwing pearls at swine. And I love, love this passage. Uh, so I'm looking forward to us looking at the discipleship principles that Jesus teaches us uh, when we look at Matthew 7, verse 6. But that's next time. This time, planks, twigs, eyes. Friends, friends until next time, grace and peace. Have a blessed week. And please practice being non-judgmental. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.